You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Larry Strong. And Larry is one of the founders, actually he is the founder and wealth advisor at Midland Financial, which is a wealth management firm named after, uh, named in the memory of his wife's uh, grandfather, Mitchell, and his mother, Linda. Uh, he's an Investopedia 100 top advisors for 2021. And he currently sits on the board, on the national board and finance committee for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, talking about the the importance of having a purpose behind everything that you do in life. And, and obviously, you know, in business, it translates over. He has some real estate experience as well. So we're going to talk about that. But I really want to talk about, you know, the importance it is to have a reason and a why and a mission behind everything you're doing, because at the end of the day, um, if you're just looking to make money, especially in, even in any industry you're in, but particularly in the real estate industry, I see a lot of people just looking to get rich quick, and that's that's not how it works. And even if your goal is to just get rich, why do you want to get rich? What's the purpose and and mission behind that? There has to be a reason for it. Is it to you know retire your parents if they're still living, or uh, create a better life for your family? There's many different reasons, but just to get rich, in my opinion, is not a reason. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because Larry has a very interesting story and uh, a why behind his business and his mission. So Larry, really appreciate you coming on the show today and um, and uh, giving us your advice. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to a great conversation that uh, hopefully has a, a great impact on your audience and your listenership. Great. So what does Midland mean? And can you talk about what you guys do and your passions and and the reason why you're in this? Yeah, sure. So uh, again, thanks for having me. Midland Financial and and, uh, our firm and and the name of our firm happens to be the most asked question that we get. You know, being a financial services firm or a financial firm, people think about, uh, you know, think our most widely asked question is what stock should I buy? What bond or whatever, whatever, you know, investment related, but it's not the case. It's, you know, they know that nobody here at the firm has the name or the last name Mitlin. So that is the most asked question. So the, the origin of it is MIT uh, comes from my wife's grandfather, Mitchell, uh, and LIN comes from my mother, Linda. Uh, and the two of them passed away literally within hours of each other. Um, and then uh, roughly a month or two later, I met my wife, uh, which is uh, ironic. And the only way we kind of figured it out is as we started chatting, it was like, well, why are you here? What's been going on in your life? And it was, you know, my grandfather passed away and my mom passed away. And we started reconciling it and really came to the conclusion that uh, they passed away literally within hours of each other. So uh, when I was looking to launch my firm and uh, go independent and and launch my uh, 
you know, my, my investment firm, wealth management firm, we thought no better way than to use these individuals' names and put them together for the name of the firm. Because quite frankly, they were two great people. Um, my, uh, my wife's grandfather was a uh, veteran, uh, a, a police officer, great values, great family life. And my mom, you know, she suffered from breast cancer for a long time, had a tremendous battle, probably one of the, the biggest fighters that I know and I met. And even though I only had her around for a short time, she left an indelible mark on, on me and, she, and the community. I mean, she was very well liked, admired and, and looked up to. And, you know, it was like, hey, these are two great people, great values, what a great way to start a firm and start building a firm uh, than on the basis of this, these two people's names and, and their legacies. And that's really how it, uh, it came to fruition. Excellent. So that's a, that's a great story and, and very unique, I would say. So that leads us into discussion on you know, financial independence and planning and um, some of the other initiatives that you take as a company. So uh, Let's talk about that and, and some of the reasons why you're focusing on that. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in terms of why we're in the industry or I'm in the industry that I'm in, you know, a lot has to do with, you know, the way that I was raised and, and, and my, my childhood, really. Uh, I did not come from a wealthy family, but I did not come from a poor one either. I had a traditional middle middle-class childhood. Uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned, my mom was sick at a very young age and uh, from a very uh, young age in terms of me as well. So I, I saw my dad struggle with, you know, uh, managing a couple of jobs to pay bills, uh, to take care of healthcare expenses, to take care of my mom and make sure that she got to and from appointments and doctors, et cetera. And, you know, one thing that I, I realized as I continued to get older was he, he did not have a financial advisor. Now, let me be clear, having a financial advisor would not have gotten rid of the problems. My mom still would have been sick. Uh, he would have still had challenges. But my feeling is that had there been a financial advisor or somebody assisting him, it could have made that ride and that situation a bit smoother. So, you know, I, that left an indelible mark on me. And then as I started going through uh, college and starting to test out different avenues, essentially, uh, I'll make a very long story short in between my junior and senior year of college, I took an internship and I'm going to date myself with Dean Witter at the time and uh, essentially really enjoyed that. And I also had an opportunity to, um, I, I was cold calling for a picture company. Uh, so I liked the finances. I liked financial planning because of the uh, impact that I had during my childhood. And I didn't mind talking to strangers over the phone. I kind of put that all together and said, you know, financial advisor, wealth management would be a great path for me. So that's what I took straight out of college. And uh, I've been here ever since. And essentially what our goal is, is to help people navigate you know, what we call critical financial events. And critical financial events could be uh, planned or could be unplanned. And some planned events could be uh, buying your first house, getting married, uh, buying an investment property, um, 
or they could be unplanned. It could be a death or disability or a divorce uh, or having to sell a property, right? So there could be planned or unplanned. But if you have a plan, a financial plan in place, again, it's not going to mitigate those critical financial events. But the hope and the goal is that it mitigates some of the volatility and the uncertainty that goes along with it. And that's essentially what we do. We help and advise our clients to make their lives smoother uh, so that we have a plan in place so that when things or if things go awry, we could help them navigate those situations and very easily understand what the impact of the critical financial event or event will have on their life today and perhaps going forward and, and how to eliminate some of that uncertainty. Great. And you mentioned a little bit about the mental health initiative. Can you talk about that and, um, you know, the, the purpose behind that and everything you're doing as well? Because I love what you said. And in, in terms of this is how you were, you know, you know, raised and you want to pass it on to future generations, so to speak, through your business as well. I think that's really cool. So can you talk about the mental health aspect? You mentioned? Yeah. So in 2004, uh, we had the unfortunate uh, situation where we lost my brother in law, my wife's brother, uh, to suicide. He uh, suffered from bipolar disorder. And unfortunately, you know, he just couldn't, uh, you know, figure out a way to navigate the situation and ultimately, uh, you know, died by suicide. So, uh, and, and ironically or not ironically, it was about a month before I was planning to launch Midland Financial. And uh, there was a, a debate as to whether or not I should go ahead or not. And my wife said that, uh, you know, Keith, my brother-in-law would have wanted me to go ahead with it. So we, we did do that. Um, and ever since then, uh, along with my firm, I've, I've been a staunch advocate for mental health, uh, suicide prevention and awareness. And uh, my wife and I collectively with a, uh, a greater community of people, uh, people through our network, people in the author community, uh, romance authors in particular, as well as all of the, the generous folks that know us uh, collectively, we've raised in excess of about $1.5 million for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in my brother-in-law's name. And I think even more importantly than that, by using his name as a platform to have these conversations and start uh, bringing uh, it out of, you know, mental illness and suicide prevention out of the darkness, uh, I think even more important than the money has been the impact that we've had and the ability to help people save lives in terms of we've now become a resource for people as far as helping them navigate the space, uh, find resources that could potentially help them. And, you know, we know for a fact that there have been lives saved uh, just because of our involvement. And that in itself is, is worth all the work in the world. And, you know, we live it every day. We told my brother-in-law that we wouldn't let him go quietly. And, uh, you know, ever since his passing in 2004, we, we have not allowed that to happen and have had a great impact on the, uh, the greater community. And I think with help like us and other, uh, you know, even more well-known folks, like some of the celebrities and athletes that we've seen coming out and speaking on the topics, uh, on the topic, that's how we're going to lower the stigma and everything that surrounds mental health and mental illness and really make some strides and, and help people find and seek and get the help that they need. Because 
quite frankly, there's no, there was no difference between my brother-in-law and his battle with mental illness and my mom and her battle with cancer. It's just that, you know, one, you were able to see and, and understand what was going on. The other one, not so much. And uh, I think as we work towards that, it's going to become uh, more of a mainstream and people will find the help and uh, get the, get what they need and deserve, quite frankly. Yeah, no, and, and, and I really liked what the whole premise of what you're saying, you know, turning a really terrible situation, not around, but just making uh, putting a positive spin on it in terms of what you're doing now and how you're able to, you know, improve awareness in that community. And, and like you said, it seems to be trending in the way of becoming more mainstream, which is, which is excellent because it's a, you know, it is a cause that's been, in my opinion, underlooked for decades. Um, so I think that's great. Could you provide, you know, as we're talking about this, any advice, and I kind of alluded to this before, a lot of people in the real estate industry, particularly whether it's multifamily or office or any commercial real estate, they don't really have a purpose behind what they're doing. I mean, you know, our company, our purpose is to help more individuals uh, become financially independent through real estate, and that's with passive income. Um, but a lot of people I see just get into real estate because they think they can make money and it's a job. Um, you know, how do you define more of your purpose and, and why behind your business? Because a lot of times I've seen if you don't have that, your business kind of don't really have a direction and it kind of, you might have some early success, but you kind of falter out. How can you, you know, assist individuals and in kind of figuring out, okay, why are they doing this? Why are they buying properties? You know, um, in this, whether it's area specific, why are they wanting, why do they want to improve this area? Any advice you have in terms of just trying to get real estate investors a little bit more focused behind why the real estate investors? Yeah, I think this applies, you know, as you, I, I think you even alluded to in the intro, Anthony, that, you know, having a why I think is more important than ever. Uh, you know, it may not have been as important 15 or 20 years ago, but, you know, it, it's so communal like now with regards to social media and people following you and LinkedIn and all, all these avenues that are out there that I think if you don't have a why, people figure you out, uh, you know, very quickly, you know, and typically if you don't have a why, there's usually some other motivating factor out there that's not a why, you know, like you mentioned, like just making money. That's not really just a why, you know, there's gotta be, people are very interested and compelled to get behind a greater good, uh, whatever that greater good is, and you have to be able to communicate that greater good uh, to your clients and potential prospects and audience, because that's really what's going to draw people into you, right? If you don't have that why, you're not going to be drawing anybody into you. You're just going to be putting stuff out there, and you're probably going to be attracting people that you don't necessarily want to work with do business with or network with, quite frankly. So having that why really puts out almost like a radar a gun of attraction to attract the people that you know you want to network with, that you want to do business with, that want to do business with you. So you really have to look at it. And it, you know, if it's real estate, for example, you know, you know, which is the majority of your audience, you know, just going to buy a piece of property in an area and saying, I want to buy this because it has good income potential. 
you know, that might work. It might work for property one and it might work for a period of time. But as you want to start building a portfolio, it may not be as you may not be as successful doing that over time. Right. Whereas if you have a purpose and we could just kind of make one up here. Right. If my purpose is, you know, looking at a specific area and improving it. Uh, and whatever that metric of improvement is, well, now you know exactly what your goals are and what your your motives are at a comp- as a company. So our goal is to improve such and such an area, and our metrics are going to be this. And we're only going to look at or talk to property owners or potential purposes that are going to help us reach that mission. Uh, also, if you're looking for outside investors, right, it's going to also attract those people who are looking to do that same thing as you. Uh, you know, it, the old adage in, in real estate, I don't have to tell you or your listeners, you know, used to be or and still is location, location, location. I agree with that. But I think if you marry that, the location component with that purpose component, you can exponentially uh, grow your portfolio, your income stream, and you know the benefits that you're providing to whatever community or area that you're looking to uh, you know improve or make uh, real estate purchases in. Yeah, and as a, as real estate investors, what advice would you have in terms of um, like we said, you start out, you buy an income producing property, maybe you buy a second one, and you're having some really success, and that's okay. That's that's actually great. But at some point, like you said, you have to kind of figure out, okay, what's the next step? And then what's, what's, what's the driving force behind why I'm taking the next step? How can, what, what piece of advice would you have for the, my community, our community, um, to kind of start out with a why? Because I think you can have a easier success trajectory if you start out with a reason and not just kind of wing it. Because I've seen that happen multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think most people, you know, see something or see someone and and or see something that's going on that gets them interested in real estate and they start immediately diving in. And like you you said, and I, I couldn't have said it better is I, I don't know that that's the greatest way. The first one may work out. It may work out irrespective of your situation. But I think if you're thinking about or you even have the thought of going in and delving into real estate, uh, whether single or multifamily, doesn't even matter. I think you got to sit down beforehand and say, okay, you know, why am I doing this? Why do I want to get involved in real estate? And if the only reason is money, I would say find something else. Because if that's the only reason, you know, you're getting involved with it, you might make some money, but you're also bringing on a bunch of headaches that, uh, you know, you're probably not thinking of uh, at that moment because you're focused on the money. Uh, and it's going to be not a fun ride and, and probably a little bit painful. But if you come at it and start thinking about and putting together even like a mission or a vision statement, in, even in a, in a light format, so you understand what your mission is, what your vision is, and what that why really encompasses, when those troubling times come, you're going to push through it because you're going to be focused on the why. It's not going to be that I got to get somebody in to fix this or fix that. It's just going to be something that you're going to say, hey, I have to do this because I need to do it to get to my why. And I think that clarifies a lot of stuff. And if you can't come up with a why, you know, in a relatively short period of time, at least a baseline, it doesn't have to be in its final format 
But if you can't come up with a why in a relatively short period of time, you know, I would suggest you probably want to look somewhere else and figure out a different method to accomplish whatever you thought you were going to accomplish with real estate, because you're probably not going to be able to uh, do it in that fashion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Larry. Um, no, this is a great conversation. Really appreciated it. And by the way, Harry, uh, Larry is a former college hockey player. But what do you love about hockey? Love I love sport. everything about hockey. So um, it's probably the only sport I follow religiously. I'm a New York Ranger fan, but uh, I was just recently out in Vegas for the uh, the Vegas Kraken, uh, the Vegas Seattle Kraken game, which was the first Seattle Kraken uh, game ever uh, held. They just recently also had their first home game in their Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, you want to talk about purpose? The Climate Pledge Arena. If you don't know what it is, you don't know who the Seattle Kraken are, look it up. Big piece of real estate cost them one point one five billion billion with a B to build it. And uh, they will probably make that money back in a relatively short period of time because it's the one uh, one of few that it's a carbon neutral arena. And uh, it's in Seattle, and that's why they call it the Climate Pledge Arena. They have a purpose. They built it around a purpose. So huge hockey fan. My, I have one son in college uh, playing down in Philadelphia at Drexel and another son out in Minnesota at prep school. So uh, a lot of my free time is spent watching professional hockey and watching the, uh, the minor hockey that my, uh, that my boys play as well. Excellent. Well, go, go Rangers. That's <laughs> up in the New York area as well. Um, Larry, how can my audience find you, learn more about you, reach you? Uh, they can find me anywhere. I'm, I'm across all social media platforms. Uh, they can find me predominantly by uh, looking up Lawrence Sprung, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E Sprung. Uh, the only one Instagram, I'm Larry Sprung because it was already uh, taken. And then I also have a podcast, which we do have some guests on there that talk about purpose, talk about mindset. And we also occasionally touch on real estate as well, which is the Midland Money Mindset. Uh, you know, we have guests that I think are interesting to our audience and interesting to me. And we have some great uh, conversations as a result of it uh, on the show. Great. Well, Larry, thank you so much for joining the Discovering Multifamily podcast. If you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help Larry and my message get out to a greater audience. That's just the way it works. So we would really appreciate that if you can give us a rating and review. And look forward to speaking to you again soon, Larry. Thanks again. Hey, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the time.